To express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Our prime purpose in this life is to help others, and if you can't help them, at least don't hurt them. That quote is from the 14th and current Dalai Lama. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself, we're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, creator and producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Before we get into today's show, Be The Star You Are's volunteers and I want to urge you to check out our website at bethestarur.org. Go to the events tab to find exciting events we have coming up, and also visit us at expressyourselfteenradio.com to check out past editions of our show. I'm Kenneth John. And I'm Hannah Hundel. Today's show is centered around kindness. To start off our show today, we actually have longtime Express Yourself host and reporter Caitlin Darrow with us to read her very own chapter, The Gift of Kindness. Welcome back to the show, Caitlin. Ah, thank you so, so much. I'm so excited to be back. I can't even remember the last time I was here on Express Yourself, but I used to host all the time and I had my segment, The Gift of Giving. So I'm really, really excited to be back and excited for the future. I hope that I can come back on and host soon. Um, But yeah, just so happy to be here. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, it's really great to have you on. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk to you today. Awesome. If you're ready, yeah. yeah, the floor is yours. All right, awesome. Yeah, I know today the theme is all about the gift of kindness, and I actually wrote a chapter about the gift of kindness, so I'll be reading that uh, here today. My mom and I had one last delivery for the night. We pulled up to the address provided by a social worker and found a dilapidated motel. Despite one of the windows being boarded with a rickety piece of wood, the vacancy sign was illuminated. We stepped over a broken beer bottle, and the smell of cigarette smoke lingered in the air. After a few minutes of searching, we found room 203 and knocked on the door. No answer. We anxiously waited outside, but I was ready for the delivery to be over, and I was definitely ready to go home for the night. We knocked on the door and the door swung open. I didn't see anybody. Hi. I looked down, and that's when my mom and I met six-year-old Matthew. His toothless grin was contagious, and my aggravation quickly washed away. His mom rushed to the door and greeted us. She invited us in, and we hauled in a heater and several bags of food. Matthew's mom thanked us over and over again. I gave her a hug and we started to walk back to our car. That's when Matthew ran outside and asked if we wanted to play go fish with him. My mom was in the doorway, or his mom was in the doorway, giggling at his request. 
Matthew, sweetie, they want to go home. I'm sure they've had a long day. And she was right. We had been at the Angels Community Outreach, the nonprofit organization that I founded, since the early hours of morning. We made countless deliveries that day of clothing, food, toiletries, and other necessities, stopping at homeless shelters, motels, and visiting clients who needed our help. We'd been fighting traffic on the long drives, listening to heartbreaking stories, and trying to provide comfort. I was absolutely exhausted. Before I could answer, he showed us that big toothless smile again. A few minutes earlier, I was dreaming about going home, but now the only thing I wanted to do was play Go Fish with Matthew. Of course, my mom answered. We practically said it in unison. We walked back into the motel room, and this time I noticed the cold temperature. I zippered up my jacket. Oh, I'm so sorry about the chilliness. The motel's heater broke a few days ago, but it's okay because we have some extra blankets. It only gets bad at night, she said quietly, trailing off towards the end. My mom helped her set up the new space heater, and Matthew dashed to the other side of the room, grabbing his deck of cards. He laid the fraying cards out on the bed, and my mom came over to join us. You have to sit like a pretzel, okay? Like this, he instructed us. As, we criss- as he crisscrossed his legs and handed me a set of cards. I mimicked Matthew's pose, folding my legs and putting my game face on. We stayed and played a round of go fish, then another and another. Sometime between round two and three, I excused myself and went outside. Matthew's sweet little heart warmed me more than the space heater we brought to his motel room. I took out my phone, made a quick call, and then headed back inside. We continued playing Go Fish, and I learned more about Matthew. He loves baseball, hates broccoli, and when he grows up, he wants to be a firefighter. After about 20 minutes, we heard a knock at the door. I glanced at Matthew, still happily playing Go Fish, and told him to answer the door. This time, it was me with a huge grin on my face. Matthew swung the door open, and I could immediately smell the pizza. A delivery man stood in front of Matthew, holding a pizza box. Hi, Mr. Sir, I think you have the wrong house, the six-year-old told him. No, Matthew, it's for us, I said, again with a goofy smile on my face. Matthew started jumping up and down. He was giddy and filled with joy over something that seemed so simple to me. There we were, playing go fish and eating pizza in a motel room. It was an unexpected Tuesday night that I'll remember forever. Um, So that was my chapter there from Be The Star You Are, a Millennials to Boomers book. And then I would also love to share my exercise that I also included in the book. So the exercise is called A Mere 15 Minutes. I believe time is the most valuable currency we have as human beings. It's something only you can give. Playing a quick guard card game with Matthew made a positive difference in his evening. Tomorrow, spend a mere 15 minutes with someone and demonstrate the gift of kindness. Put away your phone, turn off the TV, and truly be present. Whether it's an elderly grandparent or a next-door neighbor, give them your time and enjoy the newfound company. Sometimes people just need a card game, 
a hug, a conversation, a random act of kindness. Human connection and acknowledgement is important and it can be found in the simplest actions. Yeah, thank you for that. I, that was a really lovely chapter. I really like that. I guess kind oh, of intimate story. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's I, something that I really, I guess, relate to and have come to learn over the years where attention and uh, time is so much more valuable than any kind of material, superficial thing you can give someone. And mm. yeah, just how valuable those mm-hmm. small minutes of time that can be. Um, yes, yeah, for so. sure. Thank you so much for sharing that, Caitlin. And you know, we can't talk about kindness, I feel, without bringing up your nonprofit that you mentioned briefly in the story as well. Can you tell mm. us some updates on what you're doing there? Because I remember you used to talk about, you know, founding that when you were 12 years old, um, and and just kind of your journey with with the nonprofit. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm so happy that you remembered because it is such a big part of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I started the Angels Community Outreach back in 2009. I was 12 years old and I was really driven to found the organization because of my own uh, past experiences. Um, I had a very tumultuous upbringing uh, with domestic violence and a house fire, and I remember my family desperately needing help with basic necessities like clothing and food and things of that sort. So finally, when my family and I were back on our feet, I decided that I wanted to start a nonprofit and help other people who were also needing um, a little bit of a hand up. So the organization is still running today, which is so fantastic. Um, It's still primarily based in New Jersey, which is where I'm from. And I have an amazing, amazing core group of volunteers who are able to help with a lot of the groundwork. And I'm still very involved, especially on more of the managerial side, on the admin side, even just updating social media and our website, things that I'm able to do from California, which is where I live now and where I attend university. Um, But I do travel back to New Jersey quite often to help manage things, Um, although I do feel like maybe... I've taken more of a managerial role now, but I'm super proud of the fact that the organization is still up and running and especially seeing it being more self-sustaining and seeing other people get involved Mm -hmm. has really warmed my heart. Um, You know, the fact that I don't necessarily have to be there on site every day. Um, I feel like when you start anything, a company, a charity, whatever it may be, um, to see it become self-sustaining is very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we know that you've been in Japan away, uh, away in Japan recently, um, kind of yes. doing a similar thing with uh, all-girls schools, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, yes, actually. So um, more on just the personal side of what I've been up to, if anyone's listening and perhaps remembered my old segments, you know, the gift of giving, um, I've been quite busy lately. Uh, This past summer, I was actually in Japan. So I, as I mentioned, I'm a student at UCLA. Um, I'm studying journalism, and I'm also double majoring with anthropology. So my anthropology professor at UCLA referred me to a program where I got to work in four different high schools, um, empowering teen girls. So I was primarily in Aichi area, and I was also in Tokyo, But I worked at four different all-girls high schools, and I assisted with a curriculum that focused on confidence and empowerment and showing these girls that they can really accomplish their dreams and break gender roles, um, 
going in and bringing that outside perspective, I think was very interesting. I would say perhaps the gender roles in Japan are a tad bit more traditional than here in the United States, or that was just my experience. So it was really fascinating to see that cultural difference and then bringing my own perspective and working with these girls in high school and showing them that they can have a career and they can go to university and pursue whatever they would like to do. So it was mm-hmm. a really, really wonderful experience. And oh man, Japan is just so beautiful. Um, just so gorgeous, you know, Mount Fuji and walking around Tokyo. And it was such an amazing, amazing time. That's incredible. And it, it's so fascinating to see this sort of cross-cultural interaction. What was the response like from the girls that you worked with? Were they really able to absorb some of this self-empowerment curricula? And how overall did they take to that kind of programming? Yeah, it was interesting because uh, the program, the curriculum was one week. So as I mentioned, I went to four different high schools and we would do the program for one mm-hmm. week. So of course, when we went on Monday, Everyone was quite shy, and we did the program primarily in English. So these were um, maybe higher level um, English. Maybe the proficiency mm-hmm. was a little bit higher in the high school, so they did speak English. Um, but it was interesting because in the beginning of the week, everyone was very shy, very nervous. I think partially because they were nervous to speak English. I heard over and over again, oh, I, I don't know English. I can't speak English. But in reality, their English was so perfect. Um, so I think showing them, first of all, to have the confidence that um, you know they are able to speak in this other language. And it, it can be very intimidating when you're speaking to a native, um, I think, in their language. So it was first breaking that language barrier and then going deep into the content of confidence and you know, breaking those gender roles and you really, really can be anything that you set your mind to. So I think that the girls were very responsive to it. They were very positive to it. And I was also living with host families at the time. I lived with a couple different host families. So I feel like I got to learn more about Japanese culture. And I feel like that also translated well into the classrooms I worked in because I had that cultural sensitivity of living with a family and maybe just understanding um, them a little bit more. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it was really quite an incredible experience. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, there's so much research that supports the idea that when you educate girls, you educate entire communities. So it's really this domino effect that just kind of self-propagates. And this idea that you're going in, you're teaching them about empowerment, self-empowerment and confidence and unlocking these tools that they have within themselves, but just maybe need a little bit of help tapping into. I mean, there's no telling the kind of effect that could have on their lives 10 years from now, 20 years from now on their children's lives. It's really just a huge domino effect of goodness. Mm, Yeah, I would totally agree. And I love that you say that, how it will truly impact their lives later down the line. Um, I think that it's such a pivotal age when you're a teenager, you know, you're still developing your your worldviews. And it's such a hard time, I think, no matter if you're, you know, a Japanese teen girl or an American teen girl or a boy, um, it can be really tough at that age. And so I think that the fact that we were able to reach them and go into high schools specifically, um, hopefully will create this domino effect, this impact for them. Yeah. And uh, you bring up an interesting point about how uh, the cultural differences between Japan and the United States 
were kind of a big change for you. Um, and seeing as your story was about a specific act of kindness uh, that really stuck with you, uh, do you think you've noticed any kind of difference uh, in how kindness manifests itself in Japan as compared to American culture or anything you've been familiar with? Yeah, actually, it's interesting because being there for you know the time period that I was, I definitely witnessed a very strong sense of community. In Japan, I think it is more of a collectivist society, whereas the U.S. is a little more individualistic and um, people are more, I think in Japan, people really put their families first and their friends first and community first. Uh, they really care about like each other and their country and there's a lot of respect in that regard. So it was really interesting just to see how people interacted and you know, just respecting their elderly and things of that sort were taken very seriously, uh, whereas maybe not so much in the U.S. So seeing, seeing those differences was quite fascinating to me as someone who had never uh, even been to any part of Asia. So, um, yeah, it was very, very neat to see these little moments of kindness that I could recognize amongst uh, the Japanese people. Yeah, and... Um did you did you think you were able to adapt to that easily? Was it a big uh, change that you had to kind of m- slowly move yourself into? Yeah, I would say so. It's interesting because when I first arrived in Japan, I was in a prefecture called Aichi. And it's pretty rural and a lot of rice paddies and not many foreigners. So I definitely felt like quite an outsider, I would say, in the beginning, but not in a bad way. People were just very curious and many of them had never met an American or maybe even never met a foreigner, never met someone who wasn't Japanese. So that was really cool to be there and just to share my unique perspective and my life, which was very different from theirs and my upbringing and worldviews and things of that sort, having that cultural exchange was really, really special. Um, but sometimes I did feel like maybe I, I just remember being on the train one day and I was going to call my mom just to like, you know, catch up with her. And I just got my international plan on my phone. So I was really excited to call her. And I remember pulling out my phone and starting to talk and then like the entire train just staring at me. And I'm like, oh, no, I think maybe they don't do that here. And then I realized like it's very impolite to like the the train is so quiet when you step onto one of the trains. It's, you know, everyone is very silent and doing their own thing. Um, So (laughs) it's just so different compared to the L.A. Metro or New York where people are conversing and loud and on their phone and um, I felt, yeah, a little out of place in those sense, but um, it wasn't too hard of an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you have any plans to return back to Japan maybe next summer or over winter break? Or do you think you're going to, you know, try to implement this program in a different country or different cultural context maybe? Mm, yeah, I do have the opportunity to go back next summer um, and do the same thing. So I am considering it. I think I had such a great time and knowing that next summer is going to be the Tokyo 2020 Olympics definitely makes me Mm. want to, you know, maybe continue (laughs) and return next summer. So if anything, I think perhaps I would go back next summer around the Olympics time, but 
nothing is set in stone just yet, um, but I would really love to go back. I think I formed some very deep connections with my host families, with some of the girls I still get to keep in touch with, and they'll message me here and there. So that's very sweet, and I think I would like to eventually return. All right. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'd love to keep talking with you, but unfortunately, I think we are running out of time for this segment. Um, just again, thank you, Caitlin, for sharing with us today. Your chapter was really great, and it was, it was really interesting to hear about your experiences in Japan. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to come on back in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Always great to have you back on, Caitlin. Uh, support more amazing segments like this one by donating to the Be The Star You Are 501c3 Literacy Charity that brings you this program. Also, Be The Star You Are's Operation Wildlife Disaster Relief Fund continues. Be The Star You Are desperately needs your donations to help those in distress by the wildfires by providing books and other resources. Help ship books to victims of natural disasters today at bethestaryouare.org. You can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund with no additional fees. I'm Hannah Hundel. And I'm Kenneth Chun. Make sure to watch Be The Star You Are's fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are. Pick up our new anthology, Be The Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World at cynthiabryan.com slash online dash store. And stick around for more on the gift of kindness. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to the Gift of Kindness. This is Express Yourself. 
on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm Kenneth John. And I'm Hannah Handel. And for our second segment today, we are delighted to have the incredible Catherine Martinez on the show to speak with us. Born in El Salvador, yet raised in California, her family moved to the U.S. when she was about two years old. Now at 21, Catherine Martinez is bringing her light and passion to people's lives through her personal book, Poetry and Just by Being Her True Self. At the end of 2016, Catherine began writing poetry and then shortly later began performing live poetry to audiences in 2017. The adrenaline and thought-provoking powerful words during the live poetry performances have inspired herself to continue with this calling for the rest of her life. After continually searching for her life's purpose, she was finally hit with her aha moment, which proved to be the beginning of her brand, A Flower Bloomed, when she began to see herself as a flower. This metaphor of being a flower in life is due to when skies are gray, the sun will always return and flowers bloom. This idea gave her life a new meaning and shifted her perspective to welcoming all obstacles as great lessons. From this realization, she began writing her first book, The Awakening of the Subtle Flower. And with that, let's welcome Catherine onto the show. Hi, Catherine. It's good to have you today. I'm great. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. And I guess just to start off right off the bat, um, could you explain a little more about what being a flower means to you, since that might not be immediately uh, clear to all of our audience? Of course. So what a flower means to me is that we go through phases, just as a flower does. They wilt, they bloom, and then they go through metamorphosis. And uh, that's a perfect metaphor for, for how humans are in general, that we go through all these phases and we believe that we need to go through so many obstacles in order for us to grow and evolve. And that's exactly what what a flower bloom is for me. Mm -hmm. And Catherine, tell me about that aha moment when this metaphor hit you, when it came as an epiphany. Tell me, walk me through that moment for you. Yes. So if I'm being 100% transparent, I was going through so many transitions and and changes at that time. Uh, I had just gotten out of a, a serious relationship and I was trying to make adjustments as far as my personal life goes. And one day I just woke up and I took a walk at a park and I just started seeing all these flowers and, and nature just being immersed in it. And it just clicked in me that everybody goes through stages. Everybody is is setting is being set up in order to fulfill their life purpose. And that moment, the title of my book, The Awakening of a Subtle Flower, came to me because I thought of myself as going through an awakening process as I was going through all these transitions and that just came about. Mm -hmm. I think it's super interesting that modifier subtle flower. Tell me about the subtle. I believe that flowers are always going to be beautiful just as Mm -hmm. humans are always beautiful, but no, sometimes people do not really take into account and look deep within to the person that's on the inside. And that's where subtle comes from. People could be beautiful on the outside, but Mm. 
but most of the time we don't really pay attention to the inside right off the bat. So I purposely put subtle in there in order for people to ponder about, okay, what is the subtleness that of a human that I am missing that through conversation, through their personality, something that we don't see just with the eye. Mm-hmm. And what was your mindset really like immediately after that, uh, that change in your life? Uh, did all your pro- poetry start to come to you easier? Um, did you find that you could just tap into a whole new field of inspiration? Uh, what was it like actually putting things onto paper? For a while, I was definitely uh, writing poetry left and right every single day and even at random moments throughout the day. But there was uh, a particular moment when I decided that, okay, I'm going to put my poetry into a book format and try to see how I could publish a book through my poetry, through my words. And that's when the resistance came. That's when I felt stuck. That's when I had writer's block because I believed that I was forcing it instead of letting it flow in the beginning where I was just free writing and it was flowing and it was 100% genuine. Mm-hmm. So after after that, I do believe that because I put that pressure on myself, I did have resistance, but I always kept in mind that everything is happening for a reason. And I know that my words are going to touch people no matter what, even if it takes longer than usual, even if I do have writer's block at this moment, I know that it will come to me. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's beautiful. And Catherine, you are actually the very first poet we've had on this program in the years and years we've been doing Express Yourself. So it's awesome to have you on talking about kind of your poetry process. We were wondering if there's any way you could maybe read or recite a bit of your poetry or a stanza or something that, you know, maybe one of your earlier works or something that's really meaningful to you. We'd love to hear it if you're able to share. Of course, most definitely. Uh, copy off guard a little bit, but I do always have a copy of my book on me. So... I could definitely recite a poem of mine. So this one is called Broken Home. I am so lonely. I cannot hide what's inside me. Filling out with ease, guess the darkness has a way to show you the path of enlightenment. But first, you must go through the hoops and hurls. This roller coaster feels like desperation, like I am settling, like I am infatuated with curing wounds, but can't seem to patch up my own. No wonder I can't hold my own. No wonder I seem to be living, but at the same time, have my existence hovering above me. Two lives with no purpose. In the mirror, I see my version of things, but my spirit is calling and is telling me this is not my final destination of this fantasy. So I will go wherever they lead to, for everywhere is better than here. Oh, yeah. And I guess kind of uh, with that element of performance that you talked about, um, you know, that you actually performed uh, live poetry in front of others, um, like you just did here now. Um, Yeah, and obviously poetry is a bit different from, I guess, normal prose in that there is a performance aspect to it. Um, how do you take that into account when you write poetry? How does your experience with performance actually help you uh, write your work? 
It, it really depends, to be honest, because I consider myself uh, a poet with multiple layers. So performance poetry, also known as spoken word poetry, has a different uh, feel to it than if you just write a poem um, in your journal. And most of the time, I don't really take in that into account because I believe every poem could be recited. There's just different ways that you could go about it. So for me, I do, what I do take into consideration is how my words or how my thoughts could best be articulated with words and how I could connect to the audiences. Um, And as far as performing, you have to have a little bit of acting into it. in order for you to really get that emotion across because some people might not go have gone through the things that you have gone through so it's up to the poet to be able to give off that emotion to be able to genuinely connect with others mm-hmm. yeah and and Catherine tell me a bit about the vulnerability that goes into making poetry and sharing poetry I mean it's a deeply deeply vulnerable um you know, sort of space that you have to occupy when you're pouring your feelings out onto a page or sharing something really touching like you just shared with us right now. Talk a bit about how you prepare yourself to open yourself up in that way. Yeah, it's definitely a process. Uh, For the longest time, I really had that blockage in me of vulnerability, of spilling my emotions and being raw and transparent as I am in my book and in my poetry. Um, But at the end of the day, my mindset shifted when I looked at it from a perspective that I can be an inspiration to people, that I can uh, give a love to people who most likely didn't have anybody there going through these hoops and hurls of life. And I believe vulnerability is the bridge to connection and that it's the only way that we could truly uh, connect with others and move into this collective consciousness in the world. Because to be honest, in order to be vulnerable, we have to be human. So, and so many people are shut off and believe that we need to repress our emotions, that we, we can't communicate, we can't talk about certain things. But at the end of the day, being transparent and being vulnerable is being true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and touching on that um, idea of connection, uh, has any family members, friends, fans ever come to talk to you about a poem they read from you? Have you ever had any kind of interaction like that? Yes, 100%. Um, It's funny. My mom, she read my book, but she didn't finish it because it it hurt her to the point that that her daughter was going through so many phases in her life that she had no idea about. And she said that she actually told me verbatim, I don't want to finish this book because I might just cry. And that really resonated with me because I started thinking about how 
I could have opened up to my mother more. And it touches back on vulnerability, just having that connection with other people, regardless if they're family or not. So I've had multiple people approach me and just really ask me because they they saw a different side of me that I don't usually showcase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I love is that you're utilizing a multitude of mediums to get your message across. So you have your poetry in your book, you have your poetry that you perform, and you also have an upcoming podcast that should be out, I hear, in 2020 or the next couple of months. Could you tell us a little bit about that, what you're planning for the programming and how you want to use that as another arm of getting your message across? Yes, of course. So my podcast is called Fuel and Bloom, and the tagline for it is um, a place where you can fuel your mind for the rest of your life. Um, So where that came about, I just want a platform where I can connect with others that want to be transparent and join the movement of vulnerability and being an inspiration through others, because I truly believe that everyone in this world has a story to tell and there's so many people that you could meet and they could tell you a little bit about themselves and just by opening up a little bit they you know so much more about them and you feel deeply connected to them so what I want this podcast to be is a place where people come and connect and hear stories um, through different walks of life and be able to have a community where they can be vulnerable without fear of judgment or without fear in general So this podcast is definitely going to be centered on personal development, growth, evolving, um, creativity, you name it, just as a platform for inspiration and vulnerability. And hopefully this all comes into fruition within the next month. Um, If not, definitely by 2020, it will be on Apple, um, Apple iTunes podcast. And I'm also doing an on camera podcast. So it will be on my YouTube channel. All right. Yeah, sounds exciting. Um, uh, do you have any other, um, I guess, poets that you have kind of connected with through their work? Have you do you have any specific inspirational figures that you uh, really admire and kind of um, take inspiration from? Yes. Um, I'm more so into the contemporary poets of today's world. So there's one poet who actually uh, made me get back into poetry or write more. And her name is Raina Biddy. And she's this Instagram poet with a huge um, audience. And she's just wonderful. And I think she's my main inspiration. Um, and also uh, Rupi Kaur, but mostly uh, Raina Biddy. Yeah, and so you mentioned two poets who've really utilized social media to grow their audiences and to share their poetry, and I'd be really curious to hear your thoughts on evolving platforms for content creation and content sharing, because, you know, before it really used to be you had to go through a publishing house, get a book, maybe study poetry in schools, but now there's kind of a proliferation of all sorts of media channels by which 
you know, people are able to share their work and kind of cut across some of this bureaucratic red tape. What is your view on kind of being able to now freely share your work on all these different platforms that are so accessible to everybody? I think it's a wonderful thing because instead of having all these obstacles in front of you that you need to pretty much check off um, on your checklist, oh, I need to go to school for this, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that, oh, I need to connect with a publisher, you pretty much have to pave your own way and just do whatever it is that you need to do and execute it in the matter that you want to. So I, I think this is a really great opportunity for all those creatives and influencers that simply just want to put themselves out there. And as long as you're being consistent and you're being true to yourself, it's a beautiful thing. And you just get to know more people from that experience and just believe that you could do it too. Yeah. And I guess it is important to note that you are really young for being an accomplished published poet, right? Um, How do you see, I guess, not just the medium of poetry and how it's um, publicized, how do you see the art form of poetry actually changing um, as the younger generations are growing up? I believe it gives us more flexibility in order for us to stay true to our own style and to continuously create different ways of approaching a certain subject. Because usually it's once uh, it's been just one way and people need to follow that uh, as far as like, for example, musicians that you need to work on your craft and there's a certain way that you have to do it. But at the same time, there's so many different personalities that why not create your own? So I believe that that gives us the freedom to do so. And I believe poets all over the world are starting to step into their power and believe that they could immerse their personal style with the poetry mechanics uh, that have been around for the longest time. Wow, that's really incredible. And, you know, to tie this all together, the theme of our show today is kindness. Can you tell me how you utilize poetry to express, encourage, enlighten people, and just promote kindness? Yes. So my whole mantra is um, I aspire to create because I was created to inspire. And that leads to me just a giving off pureness, genuine, and bridging a connection. Uh, I believe in my stories that I'm here to connect with people. And by doing so, I am able to be a person, be a light into into someone's life in any way, shape, or form, whether it's personally or through my poetry. And that's pretty much goes hand in hand with kindness and kindness is the way to go. People are supposed to be kind to others. I think it's harder to be, to be mean. I think it's harder to, to not get along with others in my, in my opinion. So I believe that creativity and like just pushing people together and bringing others and rooting for them in a collective consciousness, it all 
it's all about empowering. And that's what I know I'm here to do, empower others while we all come together to just bridge a community. Yeah. All right. I think that was a wonderful note to close off our conversation today. Uh, Catherine, I just want to thank you again. Um, You've really shared some profound messages here. Thank you so much again. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and that all that is all the time we have for this segment, unfortunately. But audience, make sure to learn more about Catherine, her book, and her work at her website, www.catherinamartinez.com, her Facebook at A Flower Bloomed, her Instagram at Catherine A. Martinez. And yeah, I'm Kenneth John. And I'm Hannah Hundel. Also, pick up a copy of our newest anthology, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World, which you can find on CynthiaBryan.com, Amazon, and other book retailers. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org for more information about Express Yourself and our charity, BTSYA. Stay right here with us as we continue our conversation on the gift of kindness. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Hannah Hundel. And I'm Kenneth Jun. To close off our show today, Hannah and I just wanted to quickly share some of our personal experiences regarding the theme of kindness that our show has revolved around today. So, yeah, getting right into it. Hannah, I, you've gone to Harvard. You've been involved in, uh, I think, there are podcasts there, right, if I'm correct? Yeah, yeah, there are. And, you know, yeah, it's been terrific. And I'm, I'm just so happy to be back on Express Yourself today. It's definitely been a while, but this was sort of my first entry point to anything media-related or broadcast media-related specifically. I did Express Yourself my junior year of high school. Um, and, and radio and podcasting has been part of my life ever since then. Um, so this really was the, the linchpin of, you know, my, the, my blossoming in terms of media and, you know, Cynthia's work, the work of BTSYA, bringing these channels, opening them up to youth, you know, to, to people with not a portfolios of experience, right? I, I started as a junior in high school, just wanting to dip my toes into something like this, but not knowing where I could find something, you know, not having the pages and pages of a resume with prior experience in, you know, video, just wanting to find an opportunity where I could start. And I think that's why I, you know, I always love coming back on Express Yourself because it really was that starting point for me and for so many other youth. Um, so that's why it's very near and dear to my heart. And it's just great to be back here. And I'm so happy that we're talking about kindness today. Uh, I think that's such a great theme because it's something we know we should all practice daily. But I think we often forget to make that a central priority as we're, you know, journeying through the hustle and bustle of daily life. What do you think, Kenneth? Yeah, exactly. Um, like uh, Caitlin mentioned in her chapter, it's a lot about, you know, the smaller things, the small uh, couple minutes of appreciation, mm -hmm. attention, time that people give each other that really matter in the end. I know that a lot of the specific moments that I've really come to appreciate over time, those acts of kindness are really, I guess, small in nature. And um, yeah, yeah, I guess those are oh. things that last. Oh, for sure. And, you know, just it comes to my mind, I was recently reading a book called um, the best advice I ever got lessons from extraordinary lives and it's by Katie Couric and that book features um, essays from you know, a variety of different people that she's interviewed over the years you know these are politicians actors um, celebrity chefs you know really accomplished people and they all write these these small essays that share some important quality to them or, or an experience that really shaped them and there's one essay in that book that I was re reading very recently that really reminded me of today's theme um, in which the writer writes that, you know, you might be driving and you might be really frustrated at that old person who's driving very slowly or taking a lot of time to cross the road. But I urge you to remember that that's somebody's grandmother and somebody's grandfather. You know, and I, and I think that really goes back to your point, Kenneth, about kindness being something that we manifest every day in the small decisions that we make. And every second of the day, we have another decision to choose to be kind, and to choose to see, you know, the humanity and, and each situation and each interaction that we have. And so I think it's really helpful to shift the conversation from thinking about kindness as these grand time sinking acts that, you know, could totally change your daily routine and require you to set aside your life and go on a hiatus for four months you know, and do something really, really grand, as opposed to kindness that we can all incorporate in our daily life, wherever we're at, by choosing it every second. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess at the same time, it's also really important to recognize all the effort that goes into those small actions, like inviting someone to eat lunch with them. That's, 
you know, that's like someone taking the time out of their day to really recognize that someone feels alone or maybe feels isolated, actually having the uh, drive to actually say something to them. Like even in those small actions, there's a lot of effort that gets put into um, presenting that kindness. So it's also really important to, I guess, appreciate uh, that as well, even in those small acts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you really, I mean, you have, we we don't know what people are going through, you know, we, they, everyone sort of puts on this highlight reel, but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And correspondingly, we don't know the full implications of what some, one small act of kindness could do in that person's life, you know, it might give them the courage that day to do something, to try something that, it, that they've been wanting to try for so long, but didn't feel like they could make that first initial step, you know, so I, I think practicing kindness daily, even in ways that might seem small, can lead to these domino effects, like we were talking about, Caitlin, these domino effects of goodness. And even though you might not actually know the full effect of what you've done for that person in terms of making them feel welcome, maybe in a new environment, you know, listening to them when they felt like they weren't being heard, you might not know the full palette of what that really does to transform their life. But knowing that there's a possibility it can, I think, should be all the impetus you need for continuing to do so. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, you have no idea what that old lady in the car is, uh, what her life is like. And I guess our personal development is, uh, as we get older, is to try and realize and perceive that kind of kindness in the world and you know, truly appreciate it for what it is. Um, having gone, through, gone to college and gone through a bunch of changes in your life in the uh, past few years, uh, have you noticed any kind of significant change in how kindness is uh, presented or passed on di- between different people? That's a really interesting question. You know, I think I think the, the biggest takeaway is just that there's no age threshold for kindness. You never you're never you've never checked off that box of kindness. It's something that you have to actively practice every single day for the rest of your life, regardless of your age, regardless of your circumstance. Um, it's something you choose to do, and I think you should choose to do it every single day. Um, as always, thank you so much, Kenneth, for joining me for today's conversation. I think we had a wonderful one. And we really give thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh, for making this possible. Thank you to our guests and reporters from across the world. And thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. I'm Hannah Hundel. And I'm Kenneth Jun. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs, go to our main site at www.bethestarur.org. Celebrate our 20th anniversary with us. Be considerate, be kind, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines If you would let yourself